You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we will be diving into the series, The Bait of Satan with Pastor Robert. I really appreciate you all coming out uh, tonight. And uh, what a beautiful day that we've had. And I'm sure it could have been tempting to sit on the back porch. Uh, I believe we ordered about 80 of these books. And these books will be used really not here on Sunday evenings. So this is not a guide for you tonight. Uh, this has, I believe, six chapters in it. And uh, the, the guide that I'm going by uh, is the teacher's guide. And it will be in this thing up until January sometime. And there'll be some Sundays, uh, you know, like Christmas and Thanksgiving that will not meet on those evenings. So there'll be a couple of times that we'll be taking one week off. If you've noticed, um, lately there's been a lot of teaching. Uh, Linda Sims just finished this up in uh, the book of John. Uh, before that, Lynn, uh, we, we were in Revelations and uh, we've got small groups. So there's been a transition really in the last year. And I've got, uh, uh, you know, this is a high hurdle to, to follow those great uh, teachers, and I mean that. So uh, this here, how many did not get one of these tonight? Uh, on your way out, I believe we still have some, Pastor. They're gone. I got one here in my hand. I'm going to give it to Jordan. You want it? Okay. And if you have more than one, uh, so if, you, if you're a couple and you both grabbed one, do we have any of those tonight that you have two and you're a man and wife or uh, that we could uh, steal one from you? <laughs> So we'll try to get some more, okay? Um, so really, a couple ground uh, rules is, you know, I noticed with uh, Linda's teaching that as the weeks went by, people began to interact more, and we had more feedback. And the last two or three, oh my goodness, you know, I went home, I told my wife, I said, wow, it was so powerful because... People spoke and people talked and we had different perspectives and, and it was so good. So let's go right into that tonight and let's not wait. The second thing that I want to cover is when we do open that up, you need to be mindful and I'm, I don't want no one to put the brakes on, but I don't want to hand you a mic and you talk for 20 minutes, all right? So uh, that's just, I, I like saying it and get it right out there. Say what you got to say and let's move on, all right? So tonight is just really an introduction, and we'll hit it a little harder uh, next week. And here's another thing. Uh, next week, if you're not able to be here, and I hope that you are, uh, I will be giving my notes uh, to Nancy, and she will make copies, and they will be at the information desk. Now, tonight you won't need them because of why. You're here, right? So everybody will hear what we've got to say. So... The bait of Satan. Um, anyone who has trapped animals know, um, what am I going to do with those? I need three people to help me. I'm sorry, Carrie. I should have been more specific. Get, get, yeah, there you go. There you go. Because it, it really, it's hard to hear in here. What'd you say? <laughs> you got one, Robbie? Okay. All right. So, anybody, is there anyone in the room that has ever trapped? All right, I'm just going to, Jim, bring Jim a microphone there, all right? Jim, what do you think is two very important things that you've got to do? Excuse me? She trapped a mouse. That's exactly what I'm talking about, not giving certain people a microphone. Don't give any a mic. Ben, never done that, all right? Jim, so you're a trapper, and I know that. Um, Lynn raised his hand, but I had suspicion of what level Lynn was a trapper. He trapped Melissa, all right? <laughs> man, that was a good trap. He, he, he did all right, didn't he, for an old man? Uh, oh, right? I'm, I'm already messing up here tonight, right? Okay, Jim, what would two things be in your mind... Uh, that would be very important when you set a trap. The first thing is to realize what you're trapping and what type of bait mm. will work the best for that. What type of bait? 
Okay, hold it, hold on. That's the first thought right there. Now, Steve set this trap for me. Rocky built this. This is a homemade trap. And Steve asked me if I wanted a fake apple put inside. And I said, sure, that sounds good. I hope that door don't go down. So he put that apple in there, but that does not tempt me. Huh, that's a healthy product. So I was sitting right there during worship, and I had a thought. At 15 till 6 tonight, I went to the kitchen, and I was looking for something. And they'd already took the food upstairs, the chicken. So I said, I'll fix me a salad. So I got the salad pan out, and I fixed me a salad, and I kept eyeballing the cake. And at seven minutes till, I looked up on the wall. I said, I gotta have a piece of that cake. <laughs> and all them ladies started laughing. And I hurried up and I ate the icing because I really don't care for the cake. I saved it for Pastor Rita. She don't like the icing. So I sucked the, uh, I, I, I sucked the icing off the cake and I give her the, the uh, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and then the ladies were there and one of them said, here comes Leanne, like I was gonna just fall apart. So, yeah, that's right. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't finished. So I threw it in the garbage and I covered it up. Did I not, ladies that was there? Huh? I hid it. So the bait, what will tempt you, may not tempt me. Do you hear what I'm saying? So what is the second thing? You said you have to have the right bait. What is the second thing in your mind? And we've not conferred back and forth. I don't know what you're going to say, but tell me what you're thinking. I'm going to put this cake in there, all right? Watch your hand. Watch my hand, all right. I think the second most important thing is the location. Location. Location of the trap. If you notice, this is concealed. It's hidden. Satan will hide something. He will bait it. He will hide it, and then you will take the bait, and then you try to hide it, and that offense is there. Can someone say amen? amen. Satan, the enemy of our soul, incorporates both of those strategies, the bait, and he hides it, and he lays out his most deceptive and deadly trap. He's good at that. He masquerades himself, the Bible said, as light. Can someone say amen? amen? They are both hidden and they're baited. Satan is subtle and delights in deception. One of his most deceptive kinds of bait is something every Christian has encountered. Every one of us in this room has experienced Offense. Is there anyone in this room that's never been offended? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. We've got something in common tonight. This is not just something that pastor wants to do. This is something that I've prayed and nothing will come out of this unless the Holy Spirit is here and convicts our own hearts. You can sit there and look three rows down at your family member or your neighbor and say, tear them up, preacher. They need to hear this. No, I need to hear this. You need to hear this. Offense itself is not deadly if it stays in the trap. Think about that. Offense is not deadly as long as it stays in the trap. When you pick it up and you consume it like I consumed that cake in the kitchen, you start feeding on it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. When you pick up that offense and you consume it and you start chewing on it and feeding on it, man, you are in trouble. Then we become, our hearts become hard 
and we begin to become offended. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and, and I'm going to ask somebody uh, for different answers. Offended people produce much fruit. What kind of fruit? Somebody share with me. Hold your hand up, and I'll get a microphone to you. Linda Sims, right here on the front row. Bitterness. Bitterness. Wow, right there on my list. Somebody else? Anger. Anger on my list. Somebody else? Karen Henderson. Resentment. Resentment. Not on, yes, it is on my list. We're three for three. Somebody else. Over on this side, Aaron. Retaliation. Got it. Got it. Got it. Somebody else? Somebody else? Yes. Pain. Pain. Absolutely. Anybody else? Unforgiveness. That's exactly right. I've got hatred, bitterness, strife, resentment, envy, hurt, anger, outrage, and jealousy. That is what the bait will do to you when you pick it up. And we've all been offended. So what are, here's another question that I want some answers. What are some of the consequences of picking up an offense? How do you respond when you pick that thing up? What does it make you do? Somebody, raise a hand. Clear in the back, somebody, anybody. I need an auctioneer. <laughs> somebody, anybody, somebody, 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 somebody. Can I get a job, John? Patty Bennett, right there. What, when, when you pick up that offense, what is some of the consequences that come in your life because you picked up that offense? You become very negative. Very negative, exactly. One. One who? It'll, make, it'll change your walk with the Lord. Change your walk with the Lord. Somebody else? What? Pain. Pain. Here's what I've got. Insults will come out of your mouth. You'll, you'll insult people. You'll be quick at the trigger to insult whatever you don't agree with. You'll insult. Ne that's a part of negativity, what we just talked about. It'll be easy to, to attack. Has anybody ever insulted because you was offended? Have you ever been on the attack? I have. And it's not pleasant. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to convict, and I hope that he does all of us through this teaching, that we learn not to pick up that offense, we begin to wound. We wound people by our words. Some of the consequences are division. Because people have offended you, now you're divided. You're divided. And I'm going to go somewhere here in just a few moments on that topic there. But then there's broken relationships and betrayal, backsliding. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Anybody been offended and these things happen in your life? Often those that are offended, do not even realize they are trapped. Think about that. When the offense, the spirit of offense comes upon you and you're offended, and oftentimes, years later down the road, you don't even realize you're still offended. And when I was preparing for this, the thought that come to my mind is through divorce. The papers have been signed. The ink is dry. That spouse of yours done moved on, living in a new home or got new family and kids, and they're living their life, and there you are still miserable, still retaliating, still dealing with the hurt and wounds and the pain and everything else, and you wonder why you're mad all the time and you don't even realize it's because the enemy set the bait and you took it. And I'm not downplaying, that's a tough season in your life. I've been there. But there comes a time 
You got to move on, do you hear me? And let things go. So the most effective way for the enemy to blind us is to cause us to think about ourselves. Ourselves. I've been offended. I've been treated wrong. I've, that person done me wrong in business. On and on and on. And we're focused on ourselves. Then we try to divide people that's connected to, to both parties and we want them to be on our side. You know what? That is no good at all in, in the body of Christ. And we have all been guilty. The reason of offense, the reason that it's rampant, do we not live in a time where everybody's mad at somebody? It seems like we're living in a world right now that we are so divided uh, and that it, uh, everyone is offended. Everybody seems to just get upset over nothing, and here's why. Can somebody tell me why we're living in a time that it is rampant, that everybody's offended and everybody's a victim? Can anybody tell me why? Yes, sir. A house divided can't stand. So why is that house divided? Somebody, raise a hand. We'll get you a microphone. Anybody? Anybody? Yes. Yes, clear in the back. Clear in the back. Why, why is this so rampant right now? Because we're selfish. Selfish? Yeah, that's, that's a good reason. Okay. Satan's running out of time. All right. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eye. Somebody yeah. else. Everybody Politics. thinks that their way is the only way. Their way is the only way. I like that. I like that. There, <laughs> there is many different ways to accomplish something, whatever it may be. And it's okay as long as you get to the same end result. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, so here, here's what I'm, I'm looking at. In 1 Corinthians 8 and 1, knowledge puffeth up, but charity, but love edifieth. We want to be puffed up. We got to be right. Now, my wife and I, we've got this thing between us that, and I hate to admit this, she's right most of the time. If we're driving down the road and I'll say, man, that's a beautiful red Camaro. No, that's not a red Camaro. That's a red Firebird. No, it's not. And we'll turn around and go back. And I have to say, you was right. And, and honestly, we do that. We do that. And just uh, over anything. So let's learn from this tonight. Not to be all puffed up. So, so many are snared in this trap that they've almost come to a place that they believe it's just the natural way to live. If you are so easily offended, your children are going to be easily offended. Man, I'm, I'm telling you right now. We've come to the place in, in the nation where it's just a normal way to live, to be mad all the time, to be angry, and to be on the defense at all time. And if you live that kind of life, your children will live that kind of life and it'll be passed. We talk about generational blessings, but there is generational curses and the spirit of offense is a generational curse. Can somebody say amen? amen. So Jesus, that was the introduction, all right? So let's get started. Lesson one, the title is, and that would happen to be in your book when you go home, me, Offended? That's the title. Me? Offended? What did Jesus say about offense? Can anybody say? Can anybody tell me what Jesus said about offense? Excuse me? They're going to come. Listen, listen to what Jesus said in Luke 17 and 1. It is impossible, but, a, a, but that offense will come. It's going to come. You are going to be offended. Get over it. Accept it. Somebody is going to offend you. And, and I'm, we're going to offend somebody else. But love will overcome that. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us all 
I mean this, to watch what we say, to be careful of what we say, and ask the Holy Spirit to prick our hearts, to teach us through these next few weeks, not to pick up the spirit of offense, and not to throw it out there either. Because I'll tell you, when, when you take the bait, and you go and you take that, well, it's supposed to work. We got too much stuff going on up here. It worked all week long. <laughs> I was about half afraid of trying that after we stuck all that stuff in there. We'll work on it and I'll get it for next week. Amen. The trap. That's what it is. It's a trap. My battle is not against flesh and blood. You understand? We should never be at each other. Never. I'm not there yet. But we're going to learn, all right? It is vital for everyone to be open tonight. Vital. To be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. To allow the Holy Spirit to reveal any offense that you have now. And I promise you there's people in the room that has offense with somebody, if not in here, somebody at your job, somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood, there's spirit of offense that is in this house tonight. And as I shared this morning, we could have a chain reaction and we could see those spirit of offenses just leave and it will draw us closer to God. Many are unable, you need to hear this, you are unable to function properly in your life Many never reach their destiny in their ministry because they've never dealt with the spirit of offense. If you're offended all the time, you can't lead people. If you're offended all the time, people will not follow. Do you hear me? Many are unable to function properly because of wounds. Has anybody ever been wounded? Huh? Wounded. Hurt, that offense has caused in their lives. In, in every membership class, just like this morning after church, I said, listen, we need helpers in every area. But if you've come from another church if, and you've been hurt, you've been wounded, don't get involved. Come in and sit down. Get healed up. And I used a couple that was there this morning that came here two years ago, very hurt, very wounded, very active where they come from. And I said, listen, don't get involved. The last thing you need to do is come in here wounded and start working and serving. Come in the sanctuary and sit down and get healed up. And I believe that through this teaching, people will get healed up. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I got to be careful because I said my wife is always right. No, I didn't. I said most of the time she's right. And I told her this afternoon, I said, wow, this is out of my comfort zone because I'm not much of a teacher. And she said, you're not going to teach. She said, you're not going to stay on that stool. She said, you're going to be up preaching. And I ain't going to do it, okay? Because I'm going to be right tonight. Amen. How many believe that? I don't think so. Has offense hurt you? Has offense kept you from functioning in your life the way God would want you to function? Anybody been hurt like that? Huh? Can I be honest with you? Decisions that I've had to make in 28 years, there's been times I have hurt people. Not intentionally. And there has been a few situations where I look back now and I say to myself, I didn't handle it right. And I want to learn, Indy. I want to learn. At one time, I can remember somebody was offended. 
And the Lord of about two or three o'clock in the morning, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, go to their house. And I said, I will, Lord, in the morning. The Lord said in my spirit, no, you go now. I said, Lord, don't you know what time it is? And somewhere in there, he says, he never sleeps nor slumbers. And I remember calling Pastor Ruth, Rusty, back when you was the administrator there at the church. Got her out of bed, and I said, hey, get ready, I'm coming to get you. And we knocked on the person's door. And when I knocked on the person's door, and they opened the door, and their night clothes and everything, they wrapped their arms around me and just began to cry. We had picked up a spirit of offense, and it had kept me up. It had kept them up more than one night in a row. And we went and we asked forgiveness, I ask. And we worked it out. Who might the Holy Spirit or what might the Holy Spirit be dealing with you tonight of a spirit of offense? So don't allow that offense to keep you from functioning in life. And don't allow it to keep you from functioning in ministry. You can't be a good leader if you don't have the ability to say I was wrong and the ability to say please forgive me. Very important, most often, I ask this question, most often who offends you? Somebody raise a hand. And don't tell me your wife if she's sitting beside of you, all right? I don't want to start a bloodbath here tonight. I want to do what? Person you're closest to. Can I tell you something? It's not that stranger in the world that's going to offend you. That stranger will tick you off. But you'll go home and sleep about it. Sleep okay throughout the night. That person that cuts you off on the interstate, it's probably me. <laughs> but you're going to go home and rest. So who is it that offends you? Most times it's the person that sits on your row. Most times it's the pastor that stands in the pulpit. I'm being serious, 100%. The person, the bloodiest wars, it's been proven, are civil wars. Brother against brother, daughter against daughter. Who offends you the most? It's the person that you're closest to. Think about it. And it's the hardest one to get over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? This causes the offense to feel like when somebody that close to you wounds you, what does it make you feel like? Anybody? Anybody? Would you, what'd someone say? Betrayed. That's the only answer I had written down there. It probably come from the guide. I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. I didn't coin the phrase. Betrayed. Honestly, I've poured my life into a few people. And... and then offense comes, and I felt betrayed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel betrayed? You know what it is? It's a bait. It's a bait. It's a spirit of offense that the devil's going to use to stop the movement that God would be using. Listen to this. I think it's so powerful. David says in Psalms 55 and 12, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. You hear that? I said, it wasn't an enemy. Then I could have bore it. He said, if it was somebody that hated me, I could have handled it. He says, neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. Hid myself from him. But it was thou. A man, mine equal, my God, mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. 
What did we just talk about? Who is going to offend you? The person you're sitting with. The person you walk to church with. The preacher that stands in the pulpit. When it happens, identify from the Word of God that what is going on is a trap and don't take the bait. Retaliate with forgiveness. Amen? The closer relationship, the more the se se severe the offense. What about your home? Your home is meant to be a place of peace. Your home is meant to be a place of protection. Your home is a place of security. How many's ever been wounded? How many's ever been offended in your home? Huh? Raise your hand. We're all in this boat together, and we ain't gonna sink. We're gonna we're gonna float. Be careful in the home, not to wound. I promise you there's people tonight, adults, that were wounded as a child in their home. And they're still struggling to function. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to live with that spirit of offense any longer. I got to get back in my chair because I'm about ready to preach. <laughs> you don't have to. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And through this study, I believe people will be freed of pain, offense, wound from many years back. If you believe and agree, give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Often the root of our pain comes from a wound when we were children, many years ago. Listen to me, we're gonna get rid of that. Jesus said in Luke 17, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Forgiveness is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Do you hear me? And we've all been forgiven by the Lord, so we shouldn't have a problem forgiving somebody else. So I ask you a question. What repeated offense do you find hardest to forgive? What repeated offense do you find hardest to forgive? Let's just open up. Lie to me. Man, Andy, you, you just nailed it for me. Me too. If you lie to me, if you mess up from the floor up, tell me the truth. And we'll walk on through it. But when you lie to me, and that's an area that I'm dealing with, I got a real problem letting that go. I do. Somebody else. Wait, wait a second. Anybody else? You just can't take it when somebody lies to you. Anybody? Anybody? Is there any situations that you'd want to share? You don't have to mention names. Any, any situations that you, that you have dealt with or maybe you are dealing with? Is there any? All right. So mine and India's lie. So don't, don't lie to me, all right? Don't lie to me. Uh, don't, don't bait me because I might take the bait. Uh, I don't want to, all right? Somebody else? Yes, uh, go ahead. Hold on. He's getting your microphone. Well, when I was with my ex and, you know, I really, really wanted to believe him. And really, I was with him for like 13 years. Yeah. But he would do that to me. Yeah. I mean, he had me questioning him. And he was the one that I learned to say where, when, how, and why. I was like a private investigator in my own house. Yeah. You know, but I caught on to his games. And it was like mind games. He would, but, you know, I have forgiven him. Amen. And thank God we even got to go to a, on a beach trip just this past summer, yeah. my daughter rearranged it. Right. And you know what? I could say hi, talk to him like nothing ever happened. So God is good and he is That's faithful. Right. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good. Somebody else. Something you struggle with forgiving. Dave, right here. 
Abuse from a parent. Abuse from a parent. Okay. And I, I pre- hold on, hold on one second. Let, let, let's finish there. Um, Dave, I appreciate you even being able to share that. And we, we've discussed and, and I know how you've dealt with it and, and, and you, you, you can let it go, you know. And, and I want to I touch on that a moment. Um, some of us that are a little older, we were raised by a different generation. Uh, you spoke when you were spoken to, uh, you know. And I'm not speaking to myself. Uh, my, my parents, I'm very blessed. Um, they beat me once in a while. Uh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. One time I, my dad said, quit riding that motorcycle up the driveway on the back tire because you're going to go through that glass sliding door. I said, uh, okay, Dad, I'll never do it again. He wasn't home, and I rode right up that driveway on the back tire and went through, clear through the glass sliding doors, and Nina was home. They wasn't home. She come downstairs, and she was smarting me off, and I think I hit her, and Dad whipped me and when he got home, and then I think she told that I uh, hit her, and I know you look like you don't know, remember none of that, but... <laughs> And then I got beat again, you know, so, um, but in all honesty, they, when we get married as young adults and we're handed these babies <laughs> and there's no manual with it, there's no directions and some of the old school. So if you're here now, I'm not talking, you know, sexual abuse and, and, and different things because we should know right from wrong. But still, even if it's that kind of abuse, with the help of the Lord, you don't have to live under that torment. Do you hear me? We're going to open this altar up here in a little bit. And whatever the abuse is, you don't have to live that way any longer because Jesus can take that pain away from you. And here's how you know, and this is not something I read, but... Here's how you know when that offense and that hurt and that wound is no longer there. Is when you see that individual, you'll always remember it, but it won't hurt anymore. It won't hurt anymore. And I believe there's hurt here. A crowd this size that the Lord is going to take care of in your life. Somebody else, someone else. Mental abuse, yes. Yes. Disrespect. Disrespect, yes. Yeah. Even when you're disrespected, if we're in a place of maturity, and I'm I'm not saying I'm always there, even when you're disrespected and you're in a place of maturity. It'll hurt, but I believe that we can rise above retaliating because what we don't understand is that person that is disrespecting is disrespecting us from the hurt and the pain in their life. And if we can ever get to a place where we don't retaliate the same way They have been treated because that's why they're, in most cases, wow, I like this. Maturity, that's what we're here in a Bible study for, is to learn to rise above the bait and be the answer that'll help people, okay? Yes, Pastor. One thing I found through counseling if you don't forgive the wounds and the offenses of the past, mm. you bleed all over people that have never hurt you. Oh, you hear that? You hear that? No? Where's the microphone at? I want her to say it. I can't say it like that. She's a poet and don't know it. Maybe she does know it. I don't know. Go ahead. Say it again. Listen. One thing I've learned through counseling when people sit in my living room and cry is if you do not forgive the old wounds and offenses of the past, you bleed all over people that have never hurt you. Wow. Are you bleeding on people? Think about Ask yourself that question. Holy Spirit, reveal to us, are we bleeding all over people 
Because we, we want to stop the blood. We want to stop the bleeding. So the question was, what repeated offenses do you find hardest to forgive? Now here's the second question. Why do you find this offense hard to forgive? Why? Anybody? Because it continues. Because it continues. Wow. Somebody else? I really don't know what you would add to that <laughs> because it continues. Somebody else? Is there, is there something else that maybe I'm not seeing or thinking? Doc. So when someone keeps doing that and they think they do nothing. Mm. Entitled to do that. When they're offending you, they think, I'm not doing anything. Wow. And they keep doing it and they're like deranged about it. And they do horrible things. Yeah. So it's harder to forgive when someone doesn't want forgiveness. It's harder to what? Forgive when they don't want forgiveness. When they don't want forgiveness. But, but it's important for us to forgive. Yes. Even when they don't want it. Even when they don't want it. That's good, Doc. That's why you're a doctor. <laughs> Some people just have a victim mentality. I'm headed there. I'm headed there, okay? So here's another question. Describe some of the barriers we set up in our relationships to guard ourselves from additional heartache. So how do you respond? What is the barrier that you use to keep you from having your heart hurt again? What is it? And I, I got one and I'm good at it. Oh, that's me. Isolation. That person hurt me, I'm going to walk on this side of town. I'm going to slip in the door, get to my office, and I ain't got to see them. And I walk around the corner, and there they are. Somebody else? Yes. Shutting down. Mm -hmm. Sister, I ain't going to make you mad. Don't make you mad. Kenny, I pray for you in Jesus' name, man. You live with this woman. That, has she ever shut down on you? Definitely. This is Pastor Rita. She does counseling for couples. We need some. How many years you been married? 50. 50. And he said she needs the counseling, not him. 50 years. All right. Amen. Shut down. Anybody else shut down? Let me tell you what. I don't shut down. I want to get it out. Sometimes it ain't pretty when it comes out, but I want to get it out. And, then, and I always tell the staff, and they know my heart, whenever we get past the situation, and we have situations, we're together all the time. When it's over, it's over. I don't have, I, my problem is isolation. My problem is not wanting to talk about it. But when it does come out, it comes out. And when I say what I got to say, I'm done. I'm not going to treat you no just. How many of you like when somebody wounds you or hurts you, you're going to get retaliate because you're going to give them the cold treatment? Huh? Stacy, what are you smiling about? Huh? I'll call you out, right? Anybody professional at the cold treatment? Huh? Oh, man. You both, and you both live in the same house. It's an igloo. Anybody on this side good at the cold treatment? Huh? All right. Anybody in the house good at you just can't shut up at all? You just wear it out. Karen Henderson, if you hadn't raised your hand, I'd have been upset. <laughs> when I first met Karen, I'll tell you what, when my phone rang and I seen her name on there, I cringed because she was mad at somebody. But I'll tell you, God has touched her life and she's come a long way. The deceptive trap, the Greek word for offended in Luke 17 and 1 comes from the word scandalon. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I hope I am. This word originally referred to the part of the trap to which the bait was attached. There's always a trap, but there's always a bait. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't take the bait. So that word signifies laying a trap in someone's way. Hmm. In the New Testament, it's often described as an entrapment used by the enemy. So every time there's a trap set and there's a spirit of offense, it's not set by the individual. 
It's set by the enemy to divide us, to divide us. Paul, listen to how he instructed young Timothy. I I think this is incredible, this word, and it's so uh, relevant for today, and it was written many, many years ago. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare, which is the entrapment of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So when you're taking the bait and you're being trapped, the trapper is the devil. And he's trapped you for a purpose, and that is to do his will. His plan has never changed. He is deceptive. Clear back in the Garden of Eden. Isolation, got Eve away from Adam, separated, deceived. His plan's never changed. His plan's never changed. Let's, let's be honest tonight. How many honestly can say, I got a problem. I get offended easy. Anybody? Thank you for being honest. And the rest of you, there's more. We'll pray by the end of this series that you'll no longer be a liar. <laughs> Got to have some humor, right? You're not coming. <laughs> Kenny said, I ain't coming back. He can't tell me that. Who's he think he is? The preacher? <laughs> Amen. I'm being honest, man. Pastor mine is, uh, it all depends on who it is. It all depends on who it is. Some people can say things to me and it, you right. know, you, what you, I don't pay attention to you. You don't pay no attention to me. <laughs> but somebody else could say the very same thing. Right, and right. And here's another thing I have found. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I've tried to teach some of the staff and, and some people around me that I can say things from the pulpit and get by with it because it's not what I say, it's how I say it. The little book that I had written uh, with much help from other people on uh, homosexuality and uh, the introduction of it I forget exactly how it's worded, but I said this is not intended to offend. This this book is wrapped in love. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Most cases. Some people, it wouldn't matter if you wrapped it in a bologna sandwich. (laughs) They'd get upset, right? Pastor Kerry, can you come to the piano? Can everyone stand with me tonight? It's uh, 7.13, our target for this and all of our youth, we uh, talked in our staff meeting this past week because it's hard for our high school and middle school and kids cove to try to determine what to prepare and how long to prepare when we don't know what everyone else is doing. Uh, so our target is 7:15, and I told everyone five or ten minutes. Now, if God shows up, we'll stay all night, and everybody else, if you get offended, then there's a problem. Those who are in quarrels or opposition fall into a trap and are held prisoner to do the devil's will. So no matter what the scenario, it's going to come. We can divide all people that are offended into two categories. Can anyone 
say what those two, it, it don't matter who it is, if they're offended, there's two categories. Can anybody tell me what those two are? Do what? I, I didn't. Male and female. Man. Hey, listen, in 2021, you can't say male and you can't say female. It's just whatever you feel. Because you just offended me. Here's the two categories. Of no matter what the offense is, it's the person that's been offended or it's the person that thinks they've been offended. Think about it. It's the person that's been offended or it's the person that thinks they've been offended. There's two different categories. Sometimes we pick up the offense and there was nothing ever meant by it. Huh? What you just kind of said in a roundabout way, I interpreted that for you. Those who believe they've been treated unjustly and those that have been treated. There's a difference. One way the enemy keeps a person in offended state is to keep the offense hidden. So do you have an offense that you keep hidden? Here's the place to uncover it. Here's the place. Because that offense is probably not even hurting the person that offended you any longer, but you're still carrying it and you're walking with a limp and you don't have to. Examine the true condition of your heart, of your heart, and let it go, man. Let it go. Hebrews 3 and 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If we don't deal with an offense, it will produce fruit of sin. We talked about it, negativity, bitterness, all these things, isolation, anger. If we don't deal with it, resentment will come in your life. Churches are divided because of offense. Churches are closed down because of offense. Marriages are ruined. Businesses go under. Family Thanksgiving dinners have empty chairs. Christmas has empty chairs where family, uh, one time one of our staff members many years ago said gang members in LA are more loyal to each other than church people are to each other. Think about it. Think about it. You mentioned being... And I must have overlooked it. Everybody seems to be a victim. A victim mentality. It's not a way to live. Amen. Victor. Victor. Just came in my mind. Victor. That's who we are. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. The Bait of Satan podcast series can be found on Facebook and YouTube, or you can download it on the go from any major podcast platform. Make sure to like, to share, to subscribe, and tell your friends and family about the Jewel City Podcast.